As Catholics, we believe that we have the fullness of faith. That means we know everything we need to know for salvation. And we also have all the information we need in order to live our lives as God wants us to live them. In other words, we, we've got everything. It's all there. The problem is, and I think it's kind of a curse, especially in this day and age, do we actually take that information and live it? Or are we so kind of worried about getting it right that we're kind of frozen in, in what we do? Um, it's kind of the curse of knowing too much. In, sense, in a sense, we do know too much. And so do we actually kind of say, well, I'm going to start there and work on it and get better at it. So when people come to me and say, Father, I'm not sure what God wants of me. And I'm thinking, you read the Bible? It's all there. It's all there. So you can start with, what does God want of us? Number one, he wants us to love him. Okay, and that love is not just some kind of thought. It's, it's a, a, ver a verb, it's an action. Number two, love my neighbor as myself. We'll never get to the end of that. And if you want to know specifically how to do that, go to the scriptures. What did Jesus do? He cured people. He fed people. He said to us, you're going to be judged on how you welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the sick and in prison. So right there. You want to know what to do? It's right there. So we don't have to worry about finding out what God wants of us. Now, some people, when they ask about, I'm not sure what God wants of me, they're thinking maybe a vocation, let's say to priesthood or to the monastery or whatever. And even in that case, try it out. Try it. Because you're going to find something, you're going to learn something very good that will help you if that vocation doesn't seem to be what God is calling you to do. But we kind of get frozen. Geez, what am I going to do? I want to get it right. And as a result, we don't step forward and practice our faith. We don't do it. One of the ways in which we can look at the practice of our faith, and it comes in our gospel today as an example, the Christian life is a life of living the virtues. It's a virtuous living. That's what Christian life is all about. So we can't go wrong there either. The three theological virtues which are given to us by God are faith, hope, and love. Okay, they come from God. They're gifts to us. But again, it's not like God is putting software in our brains and suddenly we're going to live faith, hope, and love. We've got to work at it. We've got to practice it to get good at it. But God gives us those starts so that everything else we do will flow from that gift, the gift of those three theological virtues. But then we can go through all the other virtues. And in the gospel today, we have the virtue of humility that stands out. So we have the Pharisee. And interestingly, he's doing it all right. He does it right, right? Yeah, he fasts. He tithes. The problem is... He's not doing it from the heart because of his love of God. He's kind of doing it to say, look how good I am, as opposed to, it's all about God. I couldn't be doing this without God's help. The publican is just the opposite. He knows that when he fails, it's his fault. And it would be, in, it'd be interesting if we knew who this publican was and what happened after he left the temple. 
to see how he practiced living humility. So right there, living a life of humility. And humility is not about saying, I'm the worst of all people. No, that's not really humility. It's kind of a false pride. And it's not about just beating my breast, but saying, okay, Lord, you are the source of everything that I am. It's really all about you. I belong to you. How can I do your will better each and every day? So that's the humble person. But the hum again, the humble person isn't sitting alone in their house waiting for a letter in the mail where God says, okay, this is what I want you to do. Now, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Every day we get a little, we get an email. Okay, Mike, today, this is what I want for you. See, God trusts us to do what we need to do, what we know we should be doing. Maybe you don't think that way, but he does. He created us with free will, with intelligence, so that we can do wonderful, great things. Not be fearful, that's the devil, but say, oh, I got this in my mind. Okay, Lord, I'm going to try it out today. See how it works out and keep practicing it. But there again, I think as Catholics, we know so much, it's like, oh, let me read one more book about how to be a good person. Let me read, let me be partake of one more Bible study. You know, those are good things. But eventually, we have to act on what we say we believe and what we know. Uh, I've mentioned this before. There's a book called uh, Marriott and Ecstasy, a story. It was written by an actually Catholic deacon. It was on the New York Times bestseller list back in the 80s. It's about a woman that goes into a cloistered monastery and has this very intimate relationship with God, and she has all these ecstatic experiences. Now, she didn't quite fit into the monastery because, and if you have someone levitating, that's going to kind of take your attention away from your own prayer, right? So the mother superior said, um, I think it would be better if you left. Not because she was a bad person or she didn't believe in her ecstasies, but simply because it didn't fit in that particular life. So the woman goes home, takes care of her father, and the very last paragraph is a beautiful summation, I think, of what God wants of all of us. She says, so every morning the Lord comes to me, and I ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want of me today? And he says, surprise me. See, that's, that's God. You know, as we mature, God trusts us to do what we know we're supposed to do and can do. What are our particular gifts? How might I use them? Again, I think the Catholic curse in one sense is we overthink it. And it gets to the point where we're so tired of thinking about it, we don't do it. Or we're afraid, and this is not humility, it's pride, we're afraid that if we fail, People are going to look at us and point their finger at us, as opposed to what would God say? Good for you. I'm glad you tried that. Now, keep doing it. Let's keep working at it. But that's the Christian way. That's the life of virtue. It's not going to be an easy street. It's not going to be all success. People may never pat us on the back and say, you know, I really admire what you're doing. Thank you. But it's rather knowing that God loves us, has given us all sorts of gifts so that we can go forward and live them 
and, and be truly Christian. When Jesus sent out the 70 disciples, or the 72, depending on which gospel you read, were they members of the Jesus Christ Book Club? No. Did he give them courses in leadership and missionary activity? No. How did they learn about it? By watching Jesus. That was their book. That was the method. They didn't have to worry about learning it because as they went with Jesus and they saw him curing people, feeding people, comforting people, they're thinking, oh, okay, I got to do that too. So they looked at Jesus as the model of humility, of patience, of all the virtues. He is the model. So that's where they learned how to be truly followers of Christ. And so we have the Bible too. So you want a book to learn how to do what we're called to do, just read it. Read what Jesus did and do it. Just do it. Because that is the model of virtuous living. And so we want to look at humility, because again, that's from the gospel today. I mentioned in a previous homily that there's this beautiful icon showing Jesus with a crown of thorns, blood dripping, uh, in pain. And the name of that icon is extreme humility. So there again, you want to know what humility is, is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus. And we even read in the scriptures, it said, he humbled himself to become one of us. He let go of his divinity. He didn't use it, you know, this way and that way to do what he wanted, but he became like us. That's real humility. So again, you want to know what humility is? Look to Jesus Christ. We don't need any other special books except the gospel. Now, of course, we do have lots of good books. We have books by the saints and so forth and so on, but how did they learn to be saints? They looked at Jesus Christ, they developed that relationship, and then they stepped out in faith and did what they were called to do, just as, just as we're challenged as well, to take the information that we know and use it. And not to worry or be anxious, that's the devil, um, but to just step out in faith and practice living the life of Jesus Christ. We have that. And we can't do it alone. Again, Jesus sent out the disciples and the apostles two by two. We need a community of believers. So there again, the church is part of this practice of the faith. The church is not something human beings created. We're told that in the mind of God, before he created the world, he had in mind the church. So it was already there, it was already born in the mind of God before creation. So we're, we're told by that that the church is absolutely essential. We are essential to one another if we want to live the life of Christ. And I think that's another failure that we have in our country. We, we've kind of lost that sense of this is my family. This is my community. This is my go-to place. This is the, the people that I always talk to and listen to so that I can get better at living the life of virtue. So that when I go out and try something, and maybe with another person, we talk about it, then we bring it back to a group, and we say, this is what we did this week. And it seemed to work or it didn't work. Next week, we're going to try this. You know, it's just like learning how to ride a bike. 
You don't just get on a two-wheeler and you go riding, right? Uh, swimming. <clears throat> you want to get good swimming, you've got to learn how to do it. It's the same with the Christian life. We need to learn how to do it. And the way we do it is through practice and by sharing it in the Christian community so we get feedback. We support one another. We celebrate with one another. We challenge with, with, with one another. We even are critical at times because the whole point is to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Get rid of all the excuses, get rid of the fears, and just step out in faith and do what we're called to do. So it's not a matter of reading a book, praying the rosary, going to church on Sunday. Those are actually kind of the power plants so that we can go out and live the life. Okay, that's a preparation. But if we never go out into the world and practice what we believe, what we say we believe, if we never try being like Jesus Christ in the world, we're not really living our faith. And so that's the challenge for all of us. And especially in this day and age, I think people get fearful, anxious. What will people say to me? How will they treat me? Well, again, who do we look to? Jesus. How did they treat Jesus? Some people treated him with great joy and love, and others treated him with hate. Can we expect any less or any more? So we've got to keep going back to the, our, our roots, our source, who, which is, who is Jesus Christ, and step out in faith. And the more we do it, I think we're going to surprise ourselves. Now, God's never going to be surprised, right, because he knows it all. But the fact that he's saying in this novel surprised me. He's, saying, he's giving us permission, in a sense, that we can do great things, greater things. In fact, Thursday, we had a reading from Paul where he's talking about the God who can do more than we can possibly imagine. Well, then that means we've got to start imagining better, right? We've got to start dreaming bigger. We've got to think of ourselves as going out in public and sharing the gospel and healing people because that's our God who showers us with every good gift so that we can live fully our Christian faith. So this week, think of what you're going to do. Because next week I want you to come back and say, boy, I surprised myself. But think about maybe what are the the roadblocks in living your faith, living the life of virtue. Uh, name them, write them down, say, Lord, here they are, then crumble them up and throw them away. And then practice the faith. Because God, with God, whatever we do in his name out of love is always a success. We may never see quite how it is, but it is. And Jesus wants us to step out in faith and to use our faith so that we can do great things in his name. So my challenge to you is to go out this week, surprise God, surprise yourselves, because you have everything you could possibly need in order to surprise yourselves and to live fully and with, with joy and courage our faith in Jesus Christ.